All right. Welcome to I Love You Man, the Men's Mental Health Podcast. Chris, You're you on doing? with Chris and Nate. Uh, Chris I'm and doing Nate. great. I'm doing great. So let's talk about our guests a little bit. This uh, might be our longest episode. I'm not sure yet, but it was intense. Uh, I think our audience will get to know a little bit more about me as well, which is uh, nerve wracking. Don't be uh, nervous. But our uh, our guest, he was a great guest. I've known this guy since third grade, a long time, long, long time. And there were things that I, I didn't even know about him. Uh, yeah. He had a lot of... He had... Um... Yeah, he just had a lot of things he was going with. Um, he definitely seems to be more of the type that kind of puts things on the back burner, maybe. And like he's not going to deal with it right now mentally, or he's going to deal with it in honestly a way that's common for a lot of guys with aggression or with anger initially. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about his mom. His mom uh, helped him out through a lot of struggles. He was very lucky with that, but we went through some stuff and it was a, it was a great podcast. I hope you stick around. This is going to be a short intro. Cause like I said, the, podcast is long enough and chris yeah. has to go to bed i do i'm tired boys and girls but yeah but. i hope you enjoy this also if you are interested in being on the podcast as a listener um and you have a story to tell please email us and contact us or if you just want to tell us how we're doing you know we appreciate the feedback it's i love you man pod at gmail Dot com again that's i love you man pod at gmail.com uh we appreciate any feedback we also like we'd guests. love to hear from you anonymous stories anything if you're just here for this one episode or you like the others you know a big subscribing would help it, it improves our audio quality we're working on getting video share it with um, your friends share it with your friends if you like what you hear uh chris and i were talking about having more uh mental health uh, things maybe like we'll have one episode about anxiety one episode about depression you know just yeah. little short snippets um or we don't always have guests but we have solutions to mental health we're not professionals but i think that's what we'll do our best fun. damn chance shot yep so on that note i hope you enjoyed the podcast this is daniel chris i love you man i love you too nate Hello, everyone. Hello. So it's our usual podcast. I love you, man. The Men's Mental Health Podcast. We have a great guest today. <laughs> I we do an intro right after our intro, so let's just get started because yeah, that's because Nate Nate likes being redundant. That's yeah, that's all it is. I want to get it out there that I love you, man, or woman, or person who identifies otherwise. Nate, so, do I need to get a shovel for you yeah, so you can bury yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's get to our guest. First, we have Daniel. Hey, guys. I'm Daniel. <laughs> uh, from as far as I know, this is his first podcast, as is many of our guests. Uh, but he hasn't even listened to an episode yet, so he doesn't know our format. Do you? He's a virgin. Yeah. 
Virgin. Very much podcast. so. Yes. <laughs> I'll take your podcast, Cherry. Don't you worry about it. Enjoy. All right. So, Daniel, uh, tell us about yourself. Hi. Uh, I live I live up here in Dallas. Uh, I'm originally a small-town kid. I was born and raised in a small town about two hours outside of Dallas. Uh, real conservative town growing up. I mean, it's starting to grow a little bit. But while I was there, it was definitely closed-minded. Uh, people really looked out for themselves, and that's only, like, by themselves. There was real no aspect until you really found a family member. Uh, not a family member, but, like, a family-like person to oh. bond with. Uh, it was no Austin. Definitely. Palestine no. was not keeping it weird. So, uh, <laughs> so a little context for our listeners. So uh, just a little context. Daniel and I know each other through a personal level. We've known each other since third grade. He He's one of my oldest, uh, longest friends. So he knows Daniel of, better than me. Yeah. So uh, And he's seen little, me naked. I don't remember that. So. Well, I'd repress <laughs> it too. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so yeah, for those listening, this is going to be uh, relatable for me and Daniel. So continue, Daniel. I apologize. Uh, small time him growing up, uh, about my early 20s after a, I don't want to say failed, but a not entirely working marriage. My ex-wife and I split up. Uh, three months later, I found who I was and I actually came out. I am a, I guess best word to case it is a full functioning homosexual living in Dallas at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Daniel, what's a half functioning homosexual? It actually exists. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but they still live with their parents and can't function on their own in society. Um, but <laughs> it's a stay at home gay. Yes, I branched oh out. Gosh. I learned more. <laughs> oh, fuck, you're killing me. It'll be all right. <laughs> uh, but... So we have lots of cover through that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess the best starting point, based off of your story, you're growing up in a small town. At what point if at all, because you said you have an ex-wife, were these feelings or these thoughts in your head in an early age? And what 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 was it about this small town that made you feel so isolated? So they're really... Uh, Palestine's in a place located uh, in Texas where it's also known as the Bible Belt. So everyone there is uh, super religious, but they're with their conservative beliefs... And it was really hard. Um, growing up, I was made fun of quite a bit for a lot of people thinking I was. And honestly, it never really came out of my, came to mind that I was because, like, I wasn't. Uh, they thought you were gay. Yeah. And it wasn't really anything that I try, uh, thought I was. But I guess after I don't want to say people kept saying I was. So I tried. But, like, I started learning things about myself. And I was like, all right, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh And then I never really acted on it because I, throughout most of my junior high and high school life, I had a girlfriend, like, Mm -hmm. throughout all of it. And it wasn't the same one, but... Now, did that uh, feel weird for you at all? Like, did it feel like you were living a lie, or...? 
not really. Uh, you just didn't give is, much thought to it. Yeah, like I, I knew I, the person that I was with, I really liked at the time. And even going back to my wife, like I knew that I truly like loved this person. Like I, I, it was enough for me to be like, all right, this is the person I can spend the rest of my life with. But like uh, after it wasn't really a childhood thing where like, I did dabble and I don't want to say everyone does, but like sometimes I do have the belief that everyone does dabble. And then I do apologize. My phone fell. Uh, like with, with homosexual relationships or like, like, yeah. So like I did that. Da- I didn't want, I don't want to say relationships. Um, uh, like pulling yeah. around. Yeah. The water. Discovering yourself. Uh, discovering. Yes. And then uh, I got with my wife and I kind of just put it all to bed. Like I didn't really think about it. And then uh, after we got divorced, I started hanging out with completely different friends. Um, I don't know. So if what, anyone... what led to the divorce? Uh, honestly, we did a lot through our divorce. Uh, I right, mean, through, so, our, through our marriage. So, so hang on. Uh, let's get on to that later, okay? So You want to rewind? Yeah, let's rewind a little bit. Okay. Because I feel like we're going a little too fast. <laughs> no problem. Um. So throughout school, I know that you were getting, I guess, quote unquote, bullying. People would call you gay. I know you and I had several uh, instances where, you know, I was not the nicest person sometimes, you know. You were giving in to the peer pressure to bully Daniel. No, I no. Was, no, I wouldn't say that, but you had feminine qualities. I, I wasn't closed mind, nor am I. I, I as far as I'm aware, have ever been. But you gave off feminine qualities. But Daniel, like, how did those feelings, how did you feel when people would say that kind of stuff? Well, it really depended on who it came from. Like, sometimes it came, like, I honestly never felt like you said anything bad to me. And, like, any time that you were, like, you personally said anything to me, uh, I kind of took it as a, crap, maybe I ain't, like, maybe I need to slow my roll. Maybe I'm, uh, and being too feminine, like, because where we were, even if you aren't, like, even if you're just quote unquote metrosexual, uh, people still gave you hell then. Um, and so when it came from like people that like I truly cherished, cared about, or loved, it didn't really bother me that much. Like, yeah, it hurt a little bit, but it wasn't like I kept myself awake from it. A lot of these, a lot of the times where it hurt, it was people who didn't understand me where I came from. Like, I was a product most of my life of a single mom. That's who I dealt with yes i had a other side of my family but everything that i grew up knowing was my mom my mom only really ever had girlfriends yes my mom i had a stepdad for a while but a lot of that was me not being in the same picture as them so i went and made friends that were close and nathan didn't exactly live down the street he was a drive so the friends that were in my neighborhood were girls like i didn't there were really no guys my age around so so that environment helped you rationalize like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not gay. It's I'm just a product of my environment. I'm being raised by a woman and everyone around me that I'm associating with is a woman. That's just, yeah. So I, to me, I was just adopting their mannerisms and that's how I expressed myself. So when people didn't understand me, I thought that like, uh, like I quit school because of it one time. And then as I got more mature about it, I realized that people are going to have a lot to say about anything that you are whether it's gay, straight, metrosexual, any religion you are, any race you are. I kind of was just like, you know what? People have their own ideals of what perfection is, and I just don't meet those qualities. And I, if, you're, I, if you're not a straight white male and you're different, 
people are, especially in the south people aren't gonna make fun of you it sucks well yeah only so like, steers and queers come from texas and he didn't have a he didn't have a bull so he was just trying to figure it out yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> so like uh after a while i kind of just dropped it uh there was a little bit like nathan didn't really know but i did see a doctor for it i did get I did have uh, depression and anxiety for it. I did have to see a doctor. I was taking meds my junior and senior year. Um, and it was a little more difficult. But uh, like just taking those kept the edge off, uh, it made things a lot more bearable. Like it, At first, I was a little sketchy about it because I was like, oh, I don't want to be in high school taking all these uh, drugs. Like You hear these things uh, well, back in the early not almost early back in the mid two thousands, like they, it wasn't as rationalized for anybody to be taking uh, any depressants or any any anxieties or anything like that. So like, I, that's something I really had to keep to myself. Like my, uh, my mom just kept reminding me that everything would be all right. That if I didn't need them, my doctor wouldn't have prescribed them, and that it would make me happier. At the end of it, like I do think it did help. It just took the edge off. It made everything a lot more bearable, and it just helped me realize that. People are going to say things, whether they mean it or not, or whether they're just trying to help you or not, and it just it just helps. So now, emotionally, in the moment when you're when you're dealing with these people misunderstanding you, and you feel like they're not interpreting who you are as an individual properly, your your introspective emotion for that were you angry were you sad that they weren't understanding you or was it kind of just a mixed bag of everything <laughs> if i guess nathan would be a good person to ask because he grew up to, uh, with my personality i only really have three personality traits which is i'm either in a good mood i'm in a sad mood or i'm in a pissed off mood and so during those times it like i would get mad first and then i would get hysterically upset and then uh, it would just take someone pulling me out of it. And so, like, yeah, I got, I got, I got really mad. I got really upset. And it was just this cycle. Of now, did you withdraw? Would you, like, would you skip school at all to avoid these interactions? Or Most definitely. Uh, I miss a lot of school, whether it was me being sick or me just not feeling like it. My mom was real accepting of it that as long like as long as i was getting through school grade wise she would let me take my emotional day take my sick day do whatever i needed to do because she knew that school wasn't uh uh not school itself like the learning environment but uh the socialism of school wasn't something that i was interacting with too well and so i did i did actually miss a lot of school most of high school like i i probably missed 30 to 40 percent of days of school my, my, did you ever get in trouble with truancy no. You didn't have like an our officer school, or anything? Our school didn't care about that. Man, we barely had an education. So he probably had better <laughs> off freaking missing school than being there. Yeah. I mean, our government class, we watched movies, you know, like seriously, it was. It Did was you bad. have a religious studies class? You we were in did. Texas. Um, we didn't. However, I did go to school, or not school. I did go to church religiously on Wednesdays with my uh, then girlfriend. Uh, we were there every Wednesday. We ended up being youth elders. Like I got super into a branch of Christianity uh, called Presbyterianism. And like that, that church actually helped a lot, ironically. And it wasn't so much the religion. It was the people like they just, it was a sense of community. You've, you yeah. felt like you belonged somewhere and you had those people that you could, 
you could turn to that weren't questioning who you were as an individual and they were just taking you at face value. Correct. And it, and it really helped that uh, my entire youth group was friends that I associated with at school as well. Um, we were, most of us were in the same grade. Most of us attended the same classes. Most of us grew up together. Uh, several of them were peers I had known most of my life. Like my mom had known these kids before these. And then it, uh, I even still uh, going into that, like it helped more because my mom started interacting with it. So like my mom was there every Wednesday with us. And it just, uh, that just gave me a sense of security. Like that was the one day a week I would go to school because I knew I had something to look forward to afterwards with friends that I knew weren't judging and friends that I knew were there if I needed them. Now, what was your mother's take on the ridicule you were experiencing at school? Would she, would she say it's because you're behaving this way, honey, or would she just be a shoulder to cry on? Uh, my mom is a very front, like with me, she's very front facing. So she'll, she's very, uh, what could have you done differently? What could have they done differently? How did that make you feel? Uh, she supported all of my actions. My mom was very supportive of, uh, everything. Like I mentioned, I did quit school. So she did, I quit school for a little bit and she was the one that stood behind it. Showed me if it was something that I really wanted to do for, for my own mental health. She stood behind it, but I still had a good education outside of that. Um, but she just made sure to tell me that like everything would be all right, that I'm still a blessing, that there are people in this world that aren't going to like who I am. And there are people in this world that are going to love me for who I am at face value. So she was just very good. She was very good with everything emotionally and uh, very, she, she was very expressive about just continuing going, stay positive. Don't let people tell you what you're not. Don't let people make you into something you're not. Uh, you are who you are. And no one can change that. I'm my own form of perfection. Now, so, not to... Oh. Nate, if you're going to... You can say something. I've been dictating here for a while. So, what was the relationship like with your dad? Because I know he, w- he was around. Don't say so, I wasn't going to get into it. So, my dad was physically around. My dad's... Me and my dad's relationship emotionally has never actually been there. Um, I didn't meet my dad till I was five. We stopped I think we talked for about four years. We broke it off. Um, And then I reconnected with him when I was 13 or 14 at a football game. My older sister was in band and so was I. And I just gave it a shot. I was like, look, I want to every, like, let's face it. Every guy wants to long the the relationship with their father. They want to have that father son complex Uh, or not complex, the father son relationship. And I tried again. Um, He was never really there for anything. Uh, emotionally he showed up to almost everything but it was more so of my stepmom like telling him hey you have a kid this is someone you have to be here for you laid your bed lie in it and now so, did that hurt you do you yeah. feel like it made you, you more know, upset that your dad felt like you were an you obligation know, yeah i was about to say did you know at the time could you feel it that you know he was there for an obligation or did you have, oh, like, oh i most definitely knew i knew i I'd never once was like oh my god my dad's here but the blessing in disguise for that one is I had a beautiful relationship with my stepmom. Like, my stepmom truly cared. Uh, and I grew something into that one. But with my dad, uh, at, there were times where it hurt because I just wanted to have the relationship that every other guy had with their dad. Uh, you know, like, for lack of a better word, go outside and play catch with football and go in our neck of the woods. It's go hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, get into football. Get into NASCAR. Do, go build something. Uh, my dad's uh, – uh, an avid gun collector. He loves to shoot. I'd just go out there and shoot with my dad. 
Um, and it was never one of those kind of relationships. And uh, it's a back and forth thing. Like he likes to tell me that it's me. And then I'm sitting here like I've tried every aspect of everything. And it just he doesn't like the mannerisms that I put off himself. And so he reserved a lot of my upbringing to, oh, well, he at least he's here. And that did hurt. But like as I got older, I just kind of realized he wasn't in it. And so like I had to take myself out of it and make myself not be as in it as he is. Now, I know emotionally you didn't vent to this man that often, but was he ever involved with the discussions with your mother on you not being in school or like why you weren't the bullying? Like what was his side of this? Uh, My dad was never allowed. I mean, he was allowed. My mom never gave my dad the opportunity. Um, She felt like if he wanted to be there, he would make an effort. And we would like, my mom would tell him, Hey, here's what's going on. And my dad would just tell her, do whatever you want to do. My dad saw him. Basically my dad saw me as a child support payment that at 18, he could stop paying. And so he did whatever he had to do until that point, And then just stopped caring. Uh, like supporting uh, me coming out of school. My dad knew that I would graduate at 19 and not 18. So if I took myself out of school and got a GED, he would stop paying sooner. So he, that was the only time he was ever like, hell yeah, let's do this. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, but That's fucked. I, at this point, That's pretty seen... normal in the South. What's your relationship with the man like now? I have not spoke to my dad in over a year. Before that, I had only talked to him about four months in between the last band, and before that, I hadn't talked to him about four years. Have so, you? So, um, how did he take to you coming out? Uh, I did not talk to him for four years. Um, about so initially, I, my friends are the my two roommates are the ones that I told first, and then I told my mom, and then I very stupidly told my oldest sister who in my hometown at that time was the mouth of the South. And she, her or my brother got to my dad first, because she told my brother. That's and, Southern talk for she was a gossip. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, one of them got to my dad first. The story is still unclear. I really don't care at this point. But and my dad's next reaction was just like, oh, well, I now have three daughters and a son and not two sons and two daughters. And, uh, and then you were like, fuck you. Yeah, and so like his his thing now is that he just wished that I would have told him, but he never sits down to actually talk about it. Yeah, like, like I, when would I have talked to you, asshole? I'm yeah, just... like he immediately went south on it and said that no son of his needed to be like that. That I wouldn't have been like that had I been raised by him. Oh uh, yeah, so he blames it on you being around women, of course. Yeah, it's on my mom's fault, which it's not. But uh, plenty of men are raised by single women and don't grow up to be gay. I mean, this is just. You were born this way. Yeah. But uh, honestly, I didn't expect him to love the idea anyway. So I kind of walked in knowing what the face value was going to be. So I wasn't that upset when he wasn't supportive. Because if you weren't supporting me in my early childhoods, I didn't really value your opinion of it as I got older. Honestly, uh, the people I were worried about was my mom close friends like honestly at first i didn't know how nathan would react to it i didn't know how my ex-wife would react to it and it was real nervous but speaking of which i feel like we are jumping that hang on because him coming out is after the marriage yeah but um well since we're on the subject like 
was there anyone that like when you did come out was there anyone that like really shocked you like oh wow you know I the way know. they they reacted to it like in a good way like in a, in a surprising like oh i thought you know and the negative one we're here for all the tea well his it's... dad would i you know i feel like quite honestly so... the only negative person was my dad um, yeah I only got one other like sideways answer, which ironically was Nathan's mom. <laughs> she was a huge part of my upbringing. She wasn't <laughs> mad about it, and she was just like, "Huh?" <laughs> like, I, I don't. It was it was a weird reaction. She said, oh, I just thought you liked pink. No, it, it wasn't that reaction either. <laughs> it, it didn't even been that, wow. It took too long because <laughs> Mary's not stupid in any way, shape, or form. It was just like the reaction she got. It was just like a blank stare, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, she hates me." And she was like, "I mean, I love you, but you she do you." Care. Um, I don't even but, remember what my reaction was. I don't know. I don't remember either. But like for the most part, everyone was like super supportive. I got a lot of I knew it, and it was a little annoying. How did that make was, you feel? It was a little annoying, but it was never anything that was like, oh my god, like how dare you think that? Because we're like, how did you? Because I didn't. <laughs> like I just found this out. <laughs> I counted a lot of before. <laughs> beforehand i had to like prepare myself because there were so many people that i guess would ask me beforehand and i'd be like no and so then i went back and i'd be like hey i guess i am they were like aha i knew it and i was like sorry gotcha. yeah, damn all right so now let's get to the marriage well okay so we were at youth the youth ministry was your wife in that with you no okay that was so the girlfriend that was that i did that with is ironically married to a woman now um yeah, well, church but does that to people. It really does. Um, but like, she was probably one of the other first people that I told, and it was because she was already out and proud, and I was kind of like, "Oh my god, how are you doing it?" But uh, yeah, what was the question you asked? So, so how did you meet your ex ex wife, and how did that go? So I initially met my ex wife in high school. She was a grade higher than I was, um, and we dated Cougar. in high school. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> she was a great hire than I was um, and then we actually had only dated for about nine months uh, and then we had called it quits I was young she was young we were stupid we didn't know what we were doing um, when I was older uh, out, outside of high school uh, we reconnected and we kind of just re-hit it off and every, uh, everything was great for about two three months and then I was helping my sister out with my niece and out of nowhere, she got custody of her 15 year old sister. And in order for us to be able to help each other the way we needed to, cause we did live together at that time. Like it was three months and then boom, we moved in. But um, all these things were happening. And so we decided that it would be easier for us to be legally married. That way we could be fiscally responsible for each other and these kids that we were helping with. Um, everything would just be easier. And so, so was it more so out of love or was it more so out of like we just need it, to do this it, it helped prosper the the situation i don't want to say there wasn't love involved because I, I do I, to this day i still love i still love uh just because of this day um she was very supportive of all my actions i was very supportive of all her actions during our entire marriage we communicated very well uh it was just i think love was there at first and then we did too much at once and after her sister graduated and we stopped helping out my sister so much, we just kind of realized that everything was rushed. We did so much that we weren't in love. It was just 
love that got us through. Like everyday loves that like us just being two genuine genuine humans were like, hey, this isn't gonna work. Like you're not truly in love with me. I'm not truly in love with you. This is something that we should we should probably thought about before we got married and we just decided that it was better for us to go our ways. Like we still talk to this day. So if you don't want to answer this, it's fine. What, was the intimacy with her at all like a, a bit of a like a, a red flag for you that kind of made you like maybe this isn't something I'm interested in? Actually, no. Like, uh, I don't know if this, like it's appropriate to say on the podcast, but our your sex life was good. Yeah, our sex life was great. Like, I mean, obviously, we were two twenty-year-olds full of hormones, um, and so it actually worked out pretty well. Um, I never complained. She never complained. Um, everything was pretty regular and so like it was never like an actual turn off or turn on like uh, it was never a, oh my god i can't do this so Wait, you mm-hmm. said it was regular you must have yeah. not really been married daniel um <laughs> i think you remember who my ex-wife was <laughs> he's gay all the rules are different that was a joke on marriage my wife well, they might say not they say if you have a quarter and you put it in for every time you have sex before you guys get married. They'll have two quarters. And you take one out every time you have sex after you're married, the jar never empties. <laughs> our, we owed our jar money. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, Vorsans, you end up... So, correct me if I'm wrong. This, uh, You end up adopting someone? It was her sister. Yeah, yeah. So, how was that? What was that like? Fresh marriage uh, that you were oh. unsure of, and then you, you're adopting her sibling. Kind of like the situation I'm in. In a, in a yeah, honestly, a time. I, I kind of know where you're coming from a little bit. I, from Alex, from from your spouse's standpoint, I don't know if you give names on here. Um, we don't do last names. Okay, so I, I do everything for. Uh, so I saw everything from the other side. However, I was very. Uh, me and her sister were very close in, in it as well. Like, I was someone that she just spoke to a lot. I was easier to talk to because I wasn't exactly her sister. Um, and you know, you don't always want to talk to your siblings. So I was always just like the person she came to for questions or if she needed to talk to somebody else or if she just wanted an outside concern, like our answer. Uh, it, it actually, for a while, it went pretty well. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, it was a teenager who at that time was active. And we had to slow that down because we didn't want surprise babies, but we'll call them. Uh, <laughs> had enough of them. Period. We, we didn't need two kids. Um, but uh, it actually went a lot better than I thought, and it taught me a lot. Um, it taught me a lot of responsibility. It taught me that I did, in fact, not want children. Um, like ever. None. <laughs> no, option. Uh, I mean, if it happens yeah a child but like i don't i'm not physically going out of i mean my it's way not to... like you can get anybody pregnant i mean i could if i tried hard but... <laughs> <laughs> i pretended for years i could do it again um <laughs> but uh honestly it's probably one of the proudest moments of my life she gra- she ended up graduating high school she's in college now she has two kids of her own um it was hard it was emotional um I'm not going to lie, I cried a lot, uh, but knowing that you help someone in a hard time get to a better place and provide them with a better life than they would have had was very, 
how do I word that? It was it's something that I'm gonna hold dear to my heart for the rest of my life. Like I do like to think that without me and Mike's wife, she would have ended up in a way worse spot than she ever could have imagined. And we helped her go somewhere that she, else she'd like to go. Um, she's very caring now. She's very sweet. She works two jobs to take care of her kids. Um, she's very loving herself. We do keep in contact. Like uh, if she ever needed anything, like to this day, if she called me right now and said she had a problem, I would go help her. Um, so I think it went a lot better than a lot of people expected it would have. That's good. Did you ever feel like, because you said you got married to have custody of her. So did you ever feel like, uh, you know, besides coming out the lust or whatever it was, did you ever feel like y'all were just staying together just because of her sister or anything like that? Does that make sense? No, we actually made it like a year and a half after she left, and that's when we were like, ah, ah. Oh, gotcha. So the divorce happens, everything, you know, uh, divorces aren't nasty, but, you know, you got to figure out. Actually, I was just pretty peaceful. We actually, we separated and we stayed together, not together, but like we actually stayed married for another like two years. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and then one day she was like, hey, I think I want to get married. Can we have a divorce? And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. So so was your um, was your sexual preference at all at the forefront during this process of divorce? No. Not even thought of? No. When did you feel like, okay, I'm going to give this a try? I don't think you try first. I think he needs to make the actualization. So, yeah, there was a a spot, like, afterwards, like, I don't know. I know Nathan has. I don't know if you've ever been through a divorce or a bad breakup, but, like. He's been through two. If you listen to the podcast, you would know. I'm sorry. I'll listen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, I went on a, like, a, we'll call it a bender. Um. I took my little black book volume a little bit higher during that time. And then uh, I just wasn't getting, I guess, the fulfillment that I thought that I would. And then I kind of was just like, I don't even know like if it was an epiphany. It just kind of happened. And I started, uh, I hopped on this cursed app grinder. I don't know if either one of you know what that is. It's God awful. Um, Oh, I know a guy. Good things. I know a guy that's on it, and he he's he's a he's a sick fucker. He'll he'll match with the guys that don't even have a picture associated with their profile. God, it's just. I've heard nothing but good things. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, <laughs> well, kidding. imagine Tinder, but if both parties only have testosterone testosterone hey, running through I, them. I need, all, I need everyone to understand that's exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> but I got on there and. We're in the Bible Belt, so even people don't have pictures or these people are out and proud. I'm over here like, uh... Stressful. What the hell? Bunch uh, of married men on there. Yes, actually. We're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started talking to this individual who was actually married, but to another guy, and it was something they were doing. And we talked a lot. Uh, and then I kind of just gave it a go for lack of a better word what and, what piqued your curiosity to download the app in the first place you're like i 
did you recall back to all the experimenting you did when you were younger? There was an experiment after, uh, I can't give names. Um, there was an experiment after I got separated with my wife. Mm -hmm. Um, this guy that always tried and tried and tried and tried. And so I was like, you know what? The worst that will happen is that I'll hate it. Uh, and I didn't hate it. Um, I actually enjoyed it too much, probably. Um, and so, like, it, speaks my, it, it piqued my interest elsewhere. Like, I was like, uh, was this just, like, a one-time thing? Was it just him? Was it this or that and the other? And so, like, I dabbled some more and dabbled some more and dabbled up some more. And finally, I was like, you know what? This is maybe who I am. Maybe these people in high school had it right, and I was crazy. Um, did you really feel that way, or are you just saying it? Like, did you really feel that way? I really did. Like, I, I felt kind of off because I gave a lot of people – like, at first, I felt bad about it because I gave a lot of people hell. I got a lot of people in trouble with it for, like, them saying I was and me trying to defend it so hard. And, like, maybe if I had just – like, I got to a point, honestly, where I was like, if I had just dabbled earlier and just gone and gone onto it all the way, maybe my life wouldn't have been so hard. But after afterwards, moving forward, like, I was like, you know what? Everything was supposed to work out the way it was. And so it got better, like – it, it got a lot better the further I went in and the more accepting of myself I got. And then I just stopped thinking about it. But like, it now, did bring me being so involved with the church. Uh, I don't know how much you stayed with that when you were with your wife. Was there any shame associated in you as you were coming to this discovery about your own self? Never. Honestly, after high school, I stopped giving church an ounce of my mind. Uh, I slept way back. A lot of things that happened outside of that uh, uh, that I just didn't really care about. I felt like it was very ungodlike, and so I just really stepped away from Christianity as a whole. So, like, it didn't. It wasn't really a factor after coming out. You were like, um, oh God, Little Nas X and the Montero video. Period. Let's sleep with Satan. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just. It wasn't that bad, but I just, I, I was, I wasn't so much like, oh my God, God's going to hate me. I was just like, whatever, you know, anybody. That's good ever... though, that you were able to make that disconnect. Cause a lot of people, you know, so in there's high school, like a tether. So in high school, like, were those feelings, I know this is, you know, almost 10 years ago, man, that's crazy to think about, but were there ever those feelings? Because there was openly gay, uh, people in our high school who as far as i know i wasn't there so you know and i wasn't real close friends with them but they didn't get bullied and as a witness in your corner i knew that you were getting bullied more uh for not being gay but being called gay yeah i think honestly i think i think think if i had gone back i would have stopped fighting it as hard like yeah. everyone that like they would say something to, they would just be like, okay, I would, I, I would just defend that I wasn't. And I think if I could, if I had just like been like, whatever, it wouldn't have been as bad, but I got so like hyper-focused on it that like people knew that's what got under my skin and like that's how they would, uh, and I probably will, I, looking back, I probably wasn't the nicest person in high school always. And so that they, they knew that that was the easiest thing to like get me irate. And you so. Might, you might not remember, but like, I think I did. I did call you gay once, just one time, and you were like 
furious with me. I think he like kicked me out of your house. We didn't talk for months. He got as as red as your hair, right? <sighs> like, like for real. You know, I felt bad because, I mean, you were one of my best friends, and I really wanted nothing but the best for you. You know, and I was like, I see all this stuff that's happening to you. I really wish you would just kind of come to terms with yourself. You know, but if you're not, you know, it's whatever. What but do you think, think we, was making think you fight it? Fight. Uh, God. Did you ever Honestly, look in yourself in the mirror and, uh, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, maybe I am what these people are saying? Or, you know, like something like, I hate myself because these people say I am and I'm not. I've never had an I hate myself moment. Uh, but I a couple of times I'd be like, am I? I don't know. Am I? I don't know. Am I? I don't know. Um, I think it was more so based on my mom and her side of the family's religious beliefs. And then with my dad, like I knew that if I was, that right there would terminate any chance I thought I would have a relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. And so it was very, like, I made sure that I quote unquote wasn't. That way I still had those, the potential to have everything that I thought I would lose. Not gay, no take backsies. Yeah. And so, like, like, I just didn't want to disappoint my mom. I didn't want to disappoint my grandpa, my aunts and uncles, my dad, uh, everybody. And so, like, I just kind of tried to be like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. And then I just so, got to the point. Uh-huh. Now, so, that you, uh, now that you've come to grips with this and that you, you're being true to yourself – do you almost feel like there's a little piece of you that's been put in place that was always missing that you didn't really understand was? Mo, most definitely. Um, I, now, like I just I don't really hold back like who I am at all. I don't advertently go out of my way to say, "Hey, look, I'm gay." To every person that I meet, obviously, when you see me and my characteristics in public, mm-hmm. you would know. But like, I don't walk around wearing pride shirts i don't walk around yeah. wearing uh but at, at the end of the day it doesn't matter you're a human being just it oh yeah and but it's I mean, not all it's just an orientation thing the the thing that this probably helped him and if i'm speaking for you i apologize uh correct me you know this is such a big integral part of like who you were and who you identified as the fact that you were finally able to come to grips with that and admit that to yourself there's so much more you're willing to be open and honest about with yourself and your everyday life. Oh, most definitely. Um, I don't, I pretty much answer every question that's put in front of me. Um, I'm actually more outgoing than I was. I like to think I was pretty outgoing in, in school, but like I'm, I'm more outgoing. I'm more talkative. I've made a lot of friends since then or associates. Um, uh, I do better at work. I perform better at work. Uh, I'm less stressed. I'm less. Uh, I'm less depressed. I'm less anxious. Uh, I don't have. Like, I don't feel like I'm happy. hiding. Yeah, genuinely, like I'm just happier with who I am. You're the old school definition of gay. Honestly, um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. I'm sorry if I offended anyone. Uh, so I do have two questions. All right, uh, I can piggyback off of them. So this podcast is about mental health. So a lot of, I feel like a lot of mental health comes from, uh, I guess your personality. Um, and you said earlier that you were on medication back in high school, which I was not aware of. 
uh, for anxiety and depression. Did you have any like, uh, you know, bad thoughts? Like, I, I can't take this anymore. I just want to, you know. Thankfully, not- like I know a lot of people did, and that's so sad. Um, I had never been put in a position to where that crossed my mind. Uh, this is where I'm going to give like the ultimate thanks to my mom. Um, no matter what, she was like always solid and she was always there. She was always there to comfort. She was always there to like physically hold me. Like to this day, if I called her and was like, Hey mom, like I'm not doing so hot. She would make a four hour drive down here and just let me cry. Um, I will say that about your mom. Like my mom is a wholesome individual who not even just me, like my mom wholeheartedly cares about everyone. Um, how much darker would it have gotten for you if your mother wasn't that yeah. influence? Do you think a lot of that helped getting you on medication soon and getting you that help? Do you think that solved a, a lot of uh, issues, or maybe you went you still wouldn't have those issues without it? Or I I don't want to say yes or no. Like I, I don't, uh, I, I yeah, we'll never know. I don't like. I think that's one of the hardest questions to ever answer for me because I'm not a what ifer. I'm a he left his crystal ball at Disneyland. Yeah. Like, I'm definitely not a what if. I'm, I'm a, it didn't happen, so I don't think about it. Um, I don't know where I would be, like, honestly. Um, she's a rock for me, and she's a rock that kept me grounded. She's a rock that kept me here. She's a rock that kept me sane. And so I never, those thoughts never even crossed my mind, and I'm so thankful for that. So, like, I don't. Well, and if your mother's listening, I want to give her kudos because. Yes. Let's give a shout out to Barbara. Barbara, ba- if you're listening, I'm sure you are. Thank you for being Barb. Great. I want to I want to appreciate the job you did with Daniel because he's the first person we've had so far that never really reached that dark place and I feel like you're your influence is what helped him from from reaching that point. A lot of the guys we've had on, it's they don't have that sounding board. They feel like they've lost their connection with people they can talk to. And anybody that can be there unequivocally and unconditionally for anyone makes the world of difference. And everybody be like Barbara. Be like Barbara. Um, we love you, Mom. Yes. What was the second question I was going to ask? Do you remember the second question I was going to ask, Daniel? Uh, it was probably something about the meds. <laughs> I don't know. Like, therapy. Probably something about therapy. No, that is a, that is a good question. Um, I remember the other question was, since you've come out and still being out in the South and everything, do you, do you ever, uh, you know, and it's still... I want to say frowned upon, but looked upon differently, I guess. You know, because things still haven't. No, the only difference so is he just answers the steers and queers question different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I was going to ask if if you have any like rebuttal or like negative feedback from people that you're around. You know, like only when I am. And mind you, I don't ever go back home, so that's the first resolve. <laughs> yeah. I do not go back to my hometown. Like when my mom moved, I was like, oh, no need. Um, and ironically, she moved so close to Austin that she helps keep it weird. Um, <laughs> but uh, and 
Dallas is very supportive of where you are. Every once in a while, you'll hit like a you'll hit a curveball, and somebody's like, oh, "You're gonna go to hell." And I'm just like, "I'm probably yeah. there." <laughs> but well, and Dallas is probably one of the only cities that you even get a monicum of that from because most cities are a lot more liberal and progressive. So yeah, yeah, and it's when I tell you it's very low, it's my like it's damn near my mute. Like I think it's only happened maybe three times since I've been here. Um, most people you know why? Because most people know to mind their own fucking business. Like, Probably. Just leave leave the guy alone. He's not he's not harassing. Th- th- I mean, and not to get off on a tangent, but I'm sorry. This has been a pet peeve of mine since I was in high school. The guys that are like, "Oh well, he's gay. I don't want him hitting on me." Like, what the fuck makes you think he thinks you're attractive, anyways? Like that's what. what- that, that's where I get super lucky. Like, uh, I think at first a lot of a lot of guys that are I don't want to say homophobic, but like reserved to it. Uh, I, I've been blessed that the the guys that are completely straight will sit down and they'll have a conversation with me. That those words never come up, and it's such a blessing because that does get on my nerves. But like, they'll sit down, they'll talk to me, and then like two days later, I have a new friend, and like they'll come in there, they'll yeah. joke with me, uh, and it's. Uh, like, of course, they have their hysterical jokes. Like the other day, my tire went flat, and they were like, "Bro, do you even know how to change that?" Um, <laughs> which is it's, it's hilarious because they're driving a van for plumbing, and I'm driving a truck. So I'm like, "Ha ha! Do you um, get back to taking the kids to soccer?" But um, I always say no. So easier. Like I know how. That's my thing. Like when it comes. Sorry, I'm getting. No, but it's harder than that. Um, I. Uh, very very hysterically went on a date probably a month and a half ago oh, yeah, and he drove and we got back outside of the movie theater his tire was flat he was like I gotta call AAA and I was like for what and he was like I don't <laughs> uh, uh, I, I gotta get this tire changed and I was like where's all your stuff I don't even know but like I, uh, you drove you were taking the man responsibilities today come on now honestly <laughs> I should not have had it got my hands dirty, but I did. <laughs> but it was very, it was very empowering because I was like, "Ah ha ha!" Here's your fucking tire change, bro. Well, that's the cool thing about, you know, these um, same-sex relationships. Like the the aha moment where you're both proposing at the same time. Have you ever seen those posts where it's like they both ended up having a ring for that day? Like that doesn't happen as much with straight couples, because then you just think the the woman's a little, you know. I've seen it with straight couples. A little forward. TikToks. Yeah, it kind of breaks the stereotype a, a lot, um, and so I, I think I do it happens it. more nowadays. It does, um, but uh, so therapy. So you're getting proposed to. That's kind of what the vibe I was getting, huh? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) No kids and no marriage. Been there, done that. (laughs) Yeah, I tried it once. I got the shirt. I don't want it again. (laughs) So going on into the future, like, are you pretty happy with your life? Have you ever considered therapy? Like, or I don't, I don't imagine you have anxiety anymore, but. As you know, I'm a very talkative person. So like anytime that I feel like I have to express myself, uh, I just start talking. I got my my version of therapy is just getting out what I need 
to express to the person I need to express it to. And I understand it's more difficult or it's easier said than done in most cases. But what I've learned in my very, I don't know how to say long or short existence, my mid existence of a life uh, is I'm very good at resolve. Like I can, I can go in there and understand your side of it. Like one thing I'm good about is I want to hear why you got agitated with me, but I also want to express why I got agitated with you. That way we can make our partnership, our friendship, our work environment, this traffic ticket, whatever, go away. <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, that's one thing I, I'm, I'm thankful for because uh, I'm, I'm very good at expressing correctly my emotions to where it doesn't cause more issues when, with me expressing them. And that's good. Yeah. I think a lot of people need to, I'm working on that currently. Uh, trying to express that. Being, being where we're from, it's so normal just to be a stone wall, you know, like I think more people, like even women do it. Like, like that's a good, good example that you're setting, uh, Daniel. That's kind of the whole point of this podcast is to be able to express ourselves more openly. I just find it easier. Like it, it's so much harder to not be able to, um, as you're aware, I used to have a, yeah, I'm mixing a martini right now. Uh, no. Yay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a sophisticated gay. Um, notice my two olives. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, as Nathan is aware, I used to have a very short, short trigger, and I do still have. I, I'm not. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to come on here and be. Uh, come out here with lies. So, like, I do, I do sometimes still have that very pin hair trigger, but it doesn't ha- occur very often for me to actually have to worry about it. It only happens in like very, very toxic, stressful uh, environments to where I'm like, you know what, I've had enough, and everyone in this building's gonna hear it. And so, but it doesn't happen enough to where like I need to worry about it or it becomes a thing. Um, so also, I do believe that those moments are healthy too. Like you can't always keep all of your emotions uh, no. bottled in. And sometimes you just need a release. And unfortunately, sometimes that release happens on someone or your entire work party. It just happens. I, I've discovered the power of crying lately. It's, it's amazing. In your shower, it's your best time. I like to <laughs> scream at the top of my lungs to whatever song there is. I felt that when you're driving alone and you're crying hysterically in your car. Yep. Thankfully, Dallas traffic has my back because sometimes I'm there for an hour for a 15 mile ride. And you're probably not <laughs> alone. You can probably, you know, see someone doing it right next to you. Sometimes. But uh, yeah, I'm still learning how to cry. I'm not. I'm not good. At oh, it. I'm definitely. It's not like it's a light switch or anything. But if it's available and I feel it coming, I'm not to the. I'm not suppressing it anymore. I, I cry when I see other people cry. So don't you're, even think you're an you're empath. So don't huh? even think you're alone in that. He said you're empathic. No, I was asking what you said. Oh, don't even think you're alone in that. Like no matter how anybody can, t- like, everyone can tell you that they're happy with life. Like obviously, I have down moments too. I'm not freaking. I don't know. Uh, I'm not the happiest man on earth all the time. Uh, I do have low points. I do have nights where I, I do have some times where I want to shut off and I do want to cry. And, that's perfectly healthy. Like, 
I think it's wrong for anyone to say that no matter what your sex is, what your orientation is, what your belief system is, no matter who you are, you're going to have a moment where you're low and you either need a moment alone or you need a moment with your spouse or you need a moment with, for me, it's my mom. Um, but uh, you just need a moment. Uh, sometimes I just want to be reserved and be by myself and sometimes that fixes it, whether it's me going to sleep at 6.30 in the, after, or in the evening or it's me going to cry for 45 minutes in the shower. <laughs> like, it does happen and it's completely healthy. And uh, if everyone tells you they don't do it, they're a liar. Like, I know everyone cries in the shower every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a, a car crier. I'm an ugly crier, so I try not to cry in public. I feel like I'm a I car cry. crier, though, because, like, I'm very good at holding it together or at least attempting to in person or in public so like you spend a whole day holding yourself together and you know like putting on this facade by the time you finally get in the car and you have this like personal space like it's waterworks oh, see I, I don't have that mastery yet um unfortunately uh i wear all of my emotions on my face like a badge of of honor and you're going to know if I'm upset. You're going to know if I'm pissed off. You're going to know if I'm stressed out. You're going to know if I'm happy. And it's literally, or if you've asked a dumb question, like it's written directly on my face. So I don't even get like, if someone's like, what's wrong? I don't get the opportunity to be like, nothing. I have to be like, I'm, I'm irritated or I'm upset right now or nothing. I'm in a great mood. Um, I so, say nothing. I just look like this. No, nah, like, I very much so unfortunately wear that right there on my face see i so, haven't tried like i still haven't uh like i don't know I, I i i don't cry like i really need to you know i got so much crap going on in my life that it's just uh well i mean like ever since i've known sucks. you like uh ever since i've known you you've been very Stonewall. let's let's put myself last and worry about everyone else's issues and I think once you learn to start focusing, you're going to think it's harder because you do have uh, a spouse at home, you have a child at home, you have another child at home. It's very hard for you because and I know it's going to be even harder for you because you're going to be very much so let's take, let's take care of everyone else. And then if there's time or change, we'll worry about me. And at some point it's going to get very, very hard for you. So I I do suggest like, uh, if you ever do get a chance alone or a moment alone, like just reflect in, like what emotion do you want to show for yourself right now? And if that's you crying, cry. If that's you getting mad and destroying. I know your spouse don't destroy anything in your house. Um, they have those break rooms though. Like uh, we went to one, they weren't that good. Honestly, yeah, no. like that's all I feel lately is just, just rage. You know, that that's really, like, I don't even feel like crying or sadness. And that room didn't oh, help? Right. Why? Cause did it seem too sanctioned? You wanted to break your own shit? I, di I didn't feel safe, honestly. It was like uh, we were in paper-thin suits, and we were, like, breaking glass and stuff. Like, we got to listen to our music. I had an adrenaline rush for, like, 10 seconds. But I'm so big on safety because of, like, the Navy and everything. And, you know, like, I've had a lot of crazy... Well, not oh, only that, shit, there's dust on this doorway. Hard. They're super unrealistic, too. Like, if I want to go break stuff, the last thing I want to do is go into an organized break room to where I like I want to be able to be so mad that randomly I throw a plate across the house and he'd be like, that was it. 
Yeah. Obviously, I'm not telling you to do that. Yeah. But, I uh, want to do boxing. I need to do something like I've been lately like, dude, like, I'm when I clench my fist, I just feel so good. You know, like it, it sounds maddening, but I, I seriously have so much anger and rage. I don't even know how to cry. Like me and Alex, uh, we've we've like we've had arguments and she's crying. And I'm just like staring at her. I can't even get one tear out. I've, I'm pretty sure I look like a psychopath to her. You know, like it, it's crazy. Uh, so I'm I'm just really trying to I'm trying to learn. Also, we're past the podcast, but I just like this conversation <laughs> that we're doing. So I'm just keeping it recording. If everyone's cool with that, that's fine. <laughs> you know, just for a little bit. Um, uh, I think it's uh, it's it's good to talk about our emotions. That's what this whole podcast is about. So, one you've always had a real hard time, like since I've known you. Like discussing your emotions, like it was very hard for you in high school as well. Um, and I mean, as much as we want to, I know this podcast was about you interviewing me, but like you didn't exactly have everything there for you to to have an emotional upbringing. Like I honestly thought sometimes that you were weirded out with how close I was to my mom because, like, I would go. My mom, like, we were close, but it wasn't like you. You know, I had stepdad. I had stuff. I think we're going to turn this into a two-parter. Okay. Like, I would walk into my mom's room and be like, hey, mom, I got blank face wasted last night. Uh, I'm sick. Can I not do anything today? And mom would be like, all right, yeah. You want to talk about it? <laughs> I didn't Being open really with your kid like that helps. Yeah, I it didn't really have did. that relationship until my, my mom and stepdad got divorced. You know, like. Yeah. Do you feel like a... there was a barrier between you two because of the relationship with your stepfather and your mother? Yeah, my stepdad had role. Like he he had you know when he when he was home, it was whatever he says goes. And I was raised like that and it's really messed with my head with my home now because I was raised like that, you know, whatever the whatever the guy says, the head of the household says, like that's how it goes. And it's really hard for me because my stepdad didn't show emotion you know nobody daniel you see my family literally no one in my family knows how to show emotion so i was literally bred to be a stone wall yeah you know and it, it's been it's been so hard and then the navy didn't help and look at how far you've come now you're on a sissy podcast <laughs> mental health podcast yeah <laughs> but it's, it's been a wild journey wild journey but uh yeah daniel thank you for uh being on uh, it's been real boys yeah thank you we need to get together and just have a little conversation you and i on on the side not a problem anytime all right well i appreciate it and you've been a great guest this is uh by far i think the best episode but don't tell our other guests that (laughs) i hope they don't listen Well, I appreciate you guys too. Thank you for listening. It was great. It All was right. nice meeting you, Daniel. All right. It was nice meeting you as well, Chris. Don't hang up yet. There's something I got to say. Okay. I love you, man. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> love you guys. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. That, was, that went well. Yeah. Hang on.